are listening to the Cleveland Guardians FanCast, hosted by Quincy Wheeler and Friends, a podcast about the Cleveland professional baseball team and its fans. Quincy, I'm here on the Guardians Fancast, and my guest today is Jeff. You may know Jeff from Guardians Twitter. At least uh, I don't know if everyone is a Jeff uh, aficionado on Guardians Twitter, but at M-T-O-F-N-E-R-N on Twitter with a grimacing face of Austin Hedges as his avi. Uh, that's how you can think of Jeff. Oh, and, and Jeff period. I guess I never really noticed. Is that a new thing or has that always been the case? I think as it's if, as if to say you're the Jeff to end all Jeffs. Is that how I should take it? I th- like there is a weird Jeff thing where like we, we, I, I know I do it. And I've met other Jeffs who think of it kind of as Highlander and like <laughs> we all hate Jeffs with a G. And then from there, like then it's like okay once we figure that out it's every Jeff for himself but like still bonding so so one of these days we should expect to see some version of of the whole Josh thing where the guys like we're passing out like hey Josh's we're all gonna meet in a field and fight I don't know if you've seen that but there's like this, I, this big Josh get together where they all fought so you guys you guys could do that yeah and it's I don't know I've run into Jeff's with a G and they're like, us Jeff's got to stick together. And I'm like, no, do we like, <laughs> no, like everyone love- has like real players. They d- dislike, like my mom, like will forever hate Miguel Cabrera, but like, I'm like, I hate Jeff Bloom and Jeff Jenkins. They're like, why? I'm like, nah, you wouldn't get it. <laughs> oh, geez. It, you know, I, I, since we're going to just go any direction we want, I, it's hard not to resent Miguel Cabrera for those like three years where he just absolutely torched Cleveland pitching. Like felt like he hit like 800 against them for three years. Uh, but one towards the tail end of that, I think it was in 2017. I'm pretty sure. So the Tigers were on the way down. The, the guardians were obviously playing or Indians are playing very well. Anyway, I went to a game. Somebody had let me have their seats for the night. They were right behind home plate. So super nice. And Miguel Cabrera looked me in the eye and gave me a head nod. And I just melted. I was like, wow, Hall of Famer Miguel Cabrera head nodded at me. I think I'm in love. So, you know, you never know. (laughs) It's and it's like it's weird because he's at that point where it's like, oh, like he's at like he's the baseball grandpa. Like, oh, yeah, we're getting another another yeah. one and like this year you're like oh miguel and then like my mom like never forget she my mom and like that's how i became a fan was like a lot of my mom's doing um and like she still hates pudge rodriguez because he slid high one time and injured omar Vizquel, and she's like oh. hated him like <laughs> she's like i remember this game it happened in 94 or something like whenever that happened and she's like i still hate him Tell tell your mom that it like, turns she, out that that maybe that uh, Pudge was onto something there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny how these things happen. Like, yeah, I. 
the context of it, like, it's like these things are fluid. These things can change. And no, she's nope, very stalwart. It's the name on the front of the jersey. Like, so. Uh, yeah, I understand. No, I understand. That's that's a good approach to have. Well, you started, you talked about it a little bit. So your mom got you into baseball and got you into being a fan of Cleveland baseball, uh, perhaps causing resentment towards your mom or affection, depending on how the, <laughs> but anyway, it's, anything else you want to say about that? Yeah. Like, I mean, she had season tickets, um, back at the Muni, like when they were terrible and she's like very honest about it. She was like, I was not at 10 cent beer night and I wasn't at Len Barker's perfect game but I was at Dennis Eckersley's no hitter and like just in the weird, like her, like she and her friend, they went all the time. And then her friend was like dating a player who will remain nameless, but he, Oh wow. Because he, he will remain nameless because I don't want to get sued, but like he was married to not my mom's friend. Um, (laughs) And she was like, I'm pretty sure like, you know, and she, but she knew a bad boy. We used to have a Rick Manning bat and he did like a signing at discount drug mart. He was like, you know, I don't have any, any of my bats from my playing days. And my mom was like, and you still won't. Thanks. Like, <laughs> like Rick, Man- Rick Manning speaking of people dating people, not their wives. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna go down so there. like, and then, you know, she was always like a big Cleveland sports fan. And, you know, when the team like sold, like sold off everyone and like was rebuilding, like single mom, we would go down and we would get autographs. We wouldn't go to the game, but we would just go down before the game and kill a morning and get autographs and then get a hot dog from a stand and go home and like, Mm -hmm. um, but you know, and we would always be on the lookout when people were giving away tickets and yeah so you just i like hook line and sinker like just they were always my team so and also like i'm 32 so i was like a young kid in 95 to 97 you're like kenny lofton's the coolest yeah and another one of those guys where it's like i don't know uh it it makes you respect mike hargrove for like having to deal with (laughs) everyone in that like yeah. I mean, yeah, obviously the comparison of issues between Lofton and Vizquel is nowhere near, but difficult personality to handle for sure. That seems pretty clear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Hargrove, I, that is a great point. And I, and I've had a, a huge, uh, really cool opportunity of, of spending some time with Mike Hargrove once. And that is something that really struck me is like, Yes, you go back and look at those lineups and you're like, man, that probably wasn't a very good way to construct those lineups. And you had some issues here and there. But I think there are very few people that could have held that those teams together and gotten what he got out of that group of personalities because that was complicated. I'm like, I am like nervous just thinking about it. And it was like 30 years ago and I was nowhere like I couldn't imagine, could not imagine what going home was like so <laughs> how how did he manage to do that without any of them like getting in huge physical altercations at least that we ever heard about i don't know because yeah I, I i'm sorry to tell people there were roids raging in that in that dugout i'm sure because there were roids everywhere in baseball there were also people with dramatic anger anger management issues 
And then there were just like huge egos just waltzing around, bumping into each other the whole time. And yet you never heard about like, oh, hey, the Indians are fighting again, you know? Yeah. Like, and like one of the big stories that came out about the team was what was it? Kenny Lofton and Jim Tomey like breaking a boom box because they kept going back and forth. Like, that's the one, one of the main stories you hear about that. And that's so. Like I work with people who like I have heard so much unironic nickelback at work. <laughs> and like so I understand the need to be like, I have to destroy this speaker. But like you like so I get it, but like for that's that to be one of the few stories that came out from that those teams is kind of incredible. I uh, I love my Guardians party line, folks, but I have it, we have a group chat and they recently just went on a tangent where they were like Nickelback isn't that bad, you guys. I don't know why people say they're bad. And I'm like, I respected you guys formally, but now we're going to have to do this podcast with me not thinking you guys have a clue. Yeah. <laughs> it's anyway. always, it's like tough. You know, I had a professional mentor who like all of a sudden after like six months of working together, like they were like, yeah, Aerosmith's my favorite band. And I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> <laughs> you blew it. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of blowing it, uh, so what do we think about this team we got this year, Jeff? I, I was thinking, you know, we're recording this on Friday, so I'll, uh, on Friday, May 26th is, um, so I'll probably release this episode on Monday. Well, no, Memorial Day. So Tuesday. So it'll be Tuesday. So by the time we get to this episode, we'll have seen four more baseball games. And it will be interesting to see how what we say now sounds then. But I, I, even if the Guardians sweep the next four games, which would be super exciting, I'm still going to kind of feel like, you know, when you're like early on a young person dating and someone kind of breaks your heart in one way or another, and then they're like, oh, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and you forgive them, and then they break your heart again, and then you forgive them. That's how I'm going to feel with the Guardians at the moment. Like, I'm going to need to see some serious commitment to winning before I believe. Yeah, like. One, if they sweep this weekend and like they beat the Cardinals, like that's pretty good. Cause I saw in the discourse in Twitter the past week of how awful Cardinals fans are. <laughs> they are. And yeah. like <laughs> I've always kind of thought there used to be a Twitter account that just highlighted the best fans in baseball, which was them. And I'm like, you know, because I took a nice six year break from Twitter. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. And came back. And came Wait. back just for <laughs> like. Let me know what year did you come back? I when I started like in like the last two years, just oh. as it got real bad. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, was twenty twenty when you came back, Jeff? Because that is the stupidest time to ever come back. Yeah, well, not like I. My wife's incredible. Has no interest in baseball. Right. And I'm like, Mine so I well. feel like, honey, like. Um, like the Nolan Jones trade happened and then the Will Benson trade happened. And I told her about it. She's like, didn't, yeah, that happened a month ago. And you're like, no, it's two different people. And she's like, I <laughs> sure I'll take your word for it. So she encouraged me to like get on Twitter just to like engage in some discourse. And I don't know if it's like, I've been able to meet you and I've been able to meet like some like wonderful people, but it's also like the worst advice anyone's ever given me is like, yeah, yeah, just get on, get back on Twitter. Like, I don't know what I did to deserve that but here we are i uh i have making i have i have made 
li- uh, liberal use of the mute button for words and like names of public figures. And I still see so much, so much still about these public figures that I just don't want to talk about, uh, even though I've muted them on Twitter. But I can't imagine how bad it would be if I didn't do that, because it, it's hard enough with baseball to figure out, like, OK, can I just get on this app and have some fun discourse without losing my mind, let alone with everything else in the world? But yeah, well, uh, I, I have a similar situation with my wife. She supports the fact that I love baseball every now. And, I don't know if you ever have this where um, you'll be like, man, this happened. I want to tell my wife. And so I'll just literally tell Chelsea, Chelsea, I know you don't care, but I just want you to watch this little clip and I'll explain to you why it's cool. And then she watches it and she says, yeah, that was cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, thank you for taking an interest in this for like <laughs> just pretending for a little bit. Yeah, like, it's you, fine. You're, you're fine a real one it. for this. <laughs> Yeah, it's fine. She doesn't have to love it, but I, I appreciate that she'll at least sometimes sit there and, and say, oh, I like that. I think she the one thing that I showed her recently was the Randy and Rosarina uh, thing for the World Baseball Classic where, you know, I don't know if you saw where he caught that one at the wall and then he just folded his arms and stared like and she did not see why that was funny. And I was like, oh, I just wish I could explain why that was so funny. Yeah, like you're like, no, you don't get it. And then like then you're realizing like it's explaining like a meme to someone. Right. And it's like there's layers of it. Three months ago, someone said this, and now it's we used yeah, to do it's been turned in. I used to do a youth camp, and uh this is like I, this is such an odd reference, but it reminds me of it. We had this guy like super dry sense of humor, and every now and then when we were having meals, we would ask him to tell a far side comic. So just like, like explain a far side comic. And that's what it reminds me, like explaining a meme or a gif. Like we all thought it was hilarious because of like how stupid it was. It just made us laugh. But that's, that's really what it's like trying to explain a, a comic strip to somebody. Yeah. Tell the joke. <laughs> the novelization of Garfield. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, okay. So anyway, I knew we'd have some good tangents, but the, uh, the Guardians, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, the big issue, I think, is it's not so much the season. You know, I think the big problem with this season is that you're going to it's it's another year of Jose's prime and you can only waste so many of those years before Jose is going to be maybe something more like what he looks like right now, because I do think that he'll probably this year end up back more towards like the 140 WRC plus rather than the 120 is right now. But eventually that's more well hit where he'll probably settle around 120, play great defense at third and, you know, get you, get those hits all the time, but not as many home runs. I don't think he'll be there yet. But before you get to that point, you got to try to make a real effort to make use of having this superstar player and wasting one of those years is a problem. But beyond that, I think the issue really that we're all struggling with right now is are the Guardians just bad at developing hitters? Is that who they are? That's kind of, I think, the big fear. Well, the, and the like, I can't, yeah, I can't look at like anything in a back. It's like a big, it, there's, I'm pride myself on awareness. And like one of those things is like, I am very self aware of all of my fatal flaws and like not, nothing is in a vacuum. So, like, when I look at, like, hitters, I then look at, like, would it have been more effective to, instead of drafting Chase DeLauder and then Justin Campbell under slot and then using that for Zibin, like, 
would Drew Gilbert be up here? Like, or would Cam, <laughs> could you like Cam Collar? And yeah. It's, and you have yeah. like the red yarn going everywhere in your brain. And then like, but it's also like the same thing that happened when they had Lindor. And like, I'm, a, I've been a, Patreon guy for Selby's Godcast since day one, but you they'd always go back to like, you have this guy. Why aren't you putting your chips in as much as possible? Mm-hmm. And like we have Ramirez in that thing, and like going back to like Miguel Cabrera and how he's baseball grandpa now, like before Jose becomes the next beloved baseball grandpa, like we we gotta figure it out. I always think that we could you could reason like make a reasonable explanation about these moves up until this year. Like nothing has made sense at all. And now like you're, we're every game. It's like, we're questioning everything. Like it was always trust in the front office. Now we're like, I, what if I feel like I've been cheated and lied to. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Actually for me, the mistrust really began last trade deadline because I was confident they were going to find a right-handed bat to replace Owen Miller in the lineup. And they didn't. And it just seemed like every time that I'd followed them, when it came down to it, when they thought they really had a shot to make the playoffs, they would shore up a hole. And we had a clear hole on the roster, no right-handed pop that could help us out at first base and mm-hmm. maybe some other spots in the lineup. And, 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 and uh, they just did nothing. And they said, well, we're just going to sit in our hands. And then also of course, catching catcher hitting. And then the off season comes and you're like, surely they will do all they can to get Sean Murphy. And I mean, did they, I mean, people might say they did, but there's really, I mean, I, it doesn't sound like to me, I haven't heard anyone say that the guardians came into the off season saying, we're not going to let we're not going to let anybody beat us to Sean Murphy. It sounded more like the guardians were like, Hey, you know, we'll, we'll take him off your hands. If you're willing to come around and meet a price we want, otherwise we're fine going with Bo Naylor. And it's just not quite the philosophy that you'd want him to have, which makes me afraid. That's what we're going to see in July. Because as I sit here, I just think to myself, they have so much pitching talent, unbelievable amount of pitching talent. You have to, reallocate some of that into some young slugging. It has to happen and they should be aggressive about it. And I just don't believe they will be aggressive. Yeah. And like when the lockout ended, it was like, okay, the trade's going to come and then nothing. And then that deadline. And then uh, over the off season, you're like the trade, there's going to be a trade. And like there were the little (laughs) trades and then it's just like, so until like until it actually happens, I'm never going to believe that it happens. Like, um, like I just, I don't, oh, I like, I'm at a loss for words. Like I told you <laughs> going to this, it's either going to be like Robin Williams manic or like Lewis black, like pointing and gritting. And, and instead it's just like, I, like well, I'm a deer in headlights. We have to, we have to remember that, this this team does still have a lot of fun personalities to root for. You know, this we have Jose Ramirez, who's an absolute delight. We have Josh Naylor, who's a super fun player to root for, and uh, Emmanuel Classe, despite some hiccups, he's still got that disappearing cutter and slider that make me like, um, you know, just like feel things I didn't know I could feel when he's got it on. You know, so I I think. Uh, 
I think there's a variety of things that will lead this season to still be a lot of fun. We had to kind of take the pressure off of ourselves. And, and I think you're right to say, let's adjust our expectations and not expect them to make a big trade. Like we want, if it happens, we can be surprised like a kid on Christmas morning. And when you get that PS five that you never thought your parents could be able to get, but we better be okay with socks because that's probably what we'll get. Yeah, it's a practical gift, and you'll appreciate it when you're all there. Brandon Geyer, the socks of the socks of the team. Only, no, uh, only I, the Brandon Geyer would just be right, uh, right foot socks. That's it. Yeah, that are like <laughs> that are just beaten up. Like yeah. this is you. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like, um, yeah, and I don't know. I'm also like, I see some of the stuff that like you and and. La Mole and, and, and feel it and Mahoney, like you guys are like with the great stats. And I'm like, I like realize this where I'm like, I, whenever I try and describe Gabriel Arias, I'm like, yes, like I, I have thought this so often. I'm like a more handsome Marwin Gonzalez. And like, that means nothing, <laughs> but it makes like, it's just, you know, like very, so like I'm I'm just trying to enjoy it. I know like when the lockout happened and like then all of the guys that I thought we were gonna trade for either like got traded to other teams or like I was brought and my wife was like, You cannot do this. We have two young kids or like we have uh, a small child and another on the way. Like I need you at whatever your best is, but it can't be this. This cannot be your best. So it's like been very grounding and it, I'm still able to like listen to the games and enjoy them. Although like the past two times listening to the game, like I turned on the game, right. When Karen check loaded, like they loaded the bases and he hit the grand uh, yeah. slam. Yeah. And then the, uh, what was it? It was another game tying home run. Like as soon as, Oh, oh when yeah. Bieber gave up the home run to Lindor and I'm like, I, th- I think I'm the problem guys. So. <laughs> like uh, that's what this season's doing so far. But if you follow Jeff on Twitter, M T O F N E R N, you will see that Jeff has a, a sardonic, a dry sense of humor. Jeff, you just need to rely on that here. That's how you get through these bad games. Sometimes like when Kopech was pitching a perfect game, I just, I found myself thinking about, how wildly entertaining it would be for him to pitch a perfect game. I didn't really want him to, but it would be humorous. So I have, sometimes you have to do that. And I'll, I'll leave you with this story. I, one time I went to a game, it was in one of those like years where Michael Brantley was the only good player on the Indians at the time. But uh, we went to a game. I took a friend and we sat to the game and it was one of those games where the midges descended. And so it was super hot and the midges descended on everybody. And then in front of us was a couple. The the uh, woman in the couple was probably a good like six inches taller than the guy and had him by, I don't know, like 50 pounds or something. It was just a different kind of like looking couple, a little different than what you expect. And that's great. I mean, glad that they were in love. They made out so aggressively the whole game, like right in front of us, the seats right in front of us as the midges descended, as it's like super sticky hot outside. And Jeff, Justin Verlander had like 12 strikeouts of the Indians that day. They couldn't touch him. He had everything working. It was one of the funniest games I've ever been to. So funny. 
every aspect of it was funny. And at the end of the game, we went up to one of the top levels and we sat there because there was a cool breeze blowing. We saw the Indians get shut out and we were like, and we just laughed the whole way home. Sometimes that's all you can do. That's yeah. You always trying to find the silver lining and it, the silver <laughs> lining might get very, very bleak at times, but they might make the move. <laughs> oh boy. All right. Well, Jeff, this is fun. It was great to talk. I'm sure that somebody will get entertainment out of this. Tell your wife. She has to listen to this episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll pass it along. She got, she, yeah, she got gassed up on this one. She's, she's wonderful. Uh-huh. So. It uh, sounds like she is. All right. Anything else you want people to tell uh, tell anybody about people to know about? Um, not no, not really. All right, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. No, I just always I just always ask. All right, guys, follow Jeff on Twitter to get some great Guardian stakes and have him interact and tell you that this player reminds him of a more handsome Rowdy Tellez at some point. M T O F N E R N. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you, Quincy. It's an honor. This has been the Cleveland Guardians FanCast. You can find us on any major podcast platform. Please remember to like, subscribe, download, rate, and review. Thank you for listening.